Hi and welcome to Friends of Brother Adam. My name is Dennis and tonight we're going to be doing something a little off the beaten path. Um, this is not one of the course uh, podcasts. Um, however, this is something that I needed to get off my chest and I needed to talk about because, well, <sighs> it's a problem. <laughs> Anyways, um... To kind of give a background to what's happening, um, I have had this last year uh, a real big difficulty with importing um, nucleus hives or um, swarm packs. Uh, Canada, unfortunately, right before we were supposed to get stuff sent in, declared an emergency and shut down the borders and we didn't have any nukes come into the country from New Zealand which we usually do <clears throat> and uh, that has been uh, a way that I uh, increase my colonies I bring in the the, the swarm packs I uh, go really light on how many bees are in each uh, each uh, new nuke that I create, I, I usually um, get in the same amount of uh, queens as I do swarm packs, which come with queens. So I, I split the, the swarm packs into two, put in a new queen with them, and then they do their thing. I usually get them in as soon as possible, which is, usually means that there's still snow on the ground when I get them in. Um, I put the bees in and I get them on their way. I provide them with uh, sugar water and protein patties and uh, they're eating and, and procreating and doing their thing and uh, um, usually by time summertime comes, I usually have four to six times the amount of nukes that actually came in because, you know, when you get swarm cells and those kind of things, and I actually encourage swarm cells and I, I do several methods and things like that to um, uh, get in increase. And then um, <clears throat> I usually go into winter with a whole bunch of nukes and um whatever hives that are are booming um and i go through the winter uh, however i am what would be called a sideliner so i don't have a uh, hundred colonies <laughs> and i i do that on purpose because it helps me fly underneath the radar of uh of the regulators and it allows me to experiment and, and play with different types of hives and, you know, learn to become a better beekeeper. <clears throat> I'm not the type of beekeeper that goes out and gets a loan for $40,000, puts half of that into bees, half of that into equipment, and <laughs> tries to start a business that way. I, I really don't believe that the beekeeping business can can flourish that way. Usually what you get is a bunch of bee managers or um, a huge big farm 
beekeeping operations where <laughs> it's essentially uh they're doing whatever they can to pay the bills of what they you know what loans they took out in order to uh, uh, keep afloat and and so when they experience huge big losses and and things that do happen because this is an agricultural type business um, a lot of them end up bankrupt and uh, end up having to sell everything that they got and walk away from the business um, I didn't look at my business in that way. I look at it in a way that um, I wanted to keep my business above board. So I wanted to register my business. I wanted to register it with the province for beekeeping purposes. I wanted to register it with the province for selling honey. And I wanted to get out there and, you know, enjoy myself but at the same time be able to flex with the uh, seasons and uh, with the uh, the economy so <clears throat> this uh, this spring um, I, I really had a, a huge big problem um, we ended up having a fire um, a prairie fire come out and nearly destroy a lot of my hives. Um, I don't think the <laughs> prairie fire did good things for the bees and on top of that what it did is it eliminated all the pests food so things like raccoons and mice and uh, skunks and everything like that they ended up having no food because the prairie fire came through and burned everything for a whole entire quarter section and it was started actually by uh, CP rail um, the uh, CP rail occasionally starts fires and we make sure that we get out and around our, our hives we we take a little uh, um, ride on lawnmower and and mow the hell out of the the grass around our hives so that if there is a uh, prairie fire it's not going to get with huge big intensity all the way to our hives so that you know we we try and keep it nice and manicured and whatever else so um but what ended up happening is literally within five feet of the hive um, there was a train crash <laughs> um the train started five or six different fires um, I was out fighting fires rather than taking care of my beehives um, and uh, yeah <laughs> um, so when winter came um, I did not think about this and, and this is partially my fault right because you know beekeepers are supposed to be aware of, of stuff that's coming towards them <laughs> but uh, because of the the lack of food for all of the pests and everything um, they decided that they needed to be in my hives and, and eating the food that was available inside the hives um, I had something happen where the the mice got into my hives and they actually ate every single bee in the hive um, and I had oh gosh I think I can't remember how many hives I went into winter with and I'm just gonna throw a number out there 30 hives um, and they went through all 30 hives uh, and uh, started up their families inside the hives and everything and they ate every single bee when I opened up the the hives um, I only had bees wings in the hives 
so it was it was very depressing because I literally winter kill killed off some um, raccoons uh, ended up ripping open the hives and pulling out some of the frames and eating the honey and some of the bees and stuff so literally I had no bees at the end of the season so we're talking a fairly big loss um, <laughs> so just throwing a number out there of 30 hives you, you've gone from 30 hives to zero hives so that means again the next year there's going to be uh, a need for you to you know increase the amount of uh, swarm packs you get and or nucleus hives you get from people and uh, of course because you've lost all that money um, and and uh, and when you have mouse damage um, there's a lot more hidden damage that you don't really realize because the mice get in there they destroy um, the uh, uh, frames they destroy the plastic foundations because they chew through them they crap and piss in the in the hive and hives do not like bees do not like to live in hives that have uh, piss and crap in them so you have to open them up you have to wash them out you have to burn them out um, in order to, to burn off that that scent of the urine some of the equipment literally you have to throw away um, these mice I had my I had ratchet straps on the on the hive so that it held the boxes together so that you know the raccoons that did get in it they uh, actually ate the ratchet strap apart and then pulled the boxes open and, and got into the hive so but I was hoping that by ratchet strapping it down it would discourage the the raccoons to get into it um, and it might have because they didn't go through and, and just totally wipe out the whole entire uh, area that or the whole entire apiary that they were munching on the hives um, and uh, it also discourages mice from trying to lift up the box and, and scoot through the little crack well these mice were so freaking hungry that they crawled up on the box underneath the weather wrapping and they chewed a hole through uh, three-quarters pine box and they chewed a hole right through walked right in and set up camp and I had uh, I had uh, made it so that um, some of the weaker hives could share heat and so what I'd done is I'd put in a um, queen excluder and then I put a spacer box and I put another queen excluder and uh, in between that I had put um, some material that that sucks up water but that uh, it made it so that the vapor the air could go through and uh, heat up the the weaker hive above well the mouse decided to chew a hole through the queen excluder so then the queen excluder is screwed you gotta take it apart and and use little pieces of the queen excluder <laughs> after that because you can't use a full queen excluder if it's got a mouse hole through it and uh, yeah I got up into the upper hives and started munching away at the bees up there as well and uh, also um, you would think that okay well fine just declared a loss 
take the honey, uh, extract the honey, you know, sell the honey for what it's worth, sell the wax for what it's worth. But you can't sell the wax because the wax is mouse eaten. So the wax you can't sell, it's, it's essentially a loss. Uh, the bees will not put that wax back into a hive, so you can't even make uh, wax strips out of it because they won't use that wax now that it's got mouse piss on it. And uh, the honey, you can't, you can't harvest the honey because it's had a mouse in there. So that would be against your <laughs> food regulations. They won't, they, you can't sell the honey. Well, you can harvest the honey and feed it back to your bees. Well, that's not really safe either. So what do you do with that honey? Where, wh what do you do with it? <laughs> so um, having mouse damage in so many hives, it made it so that the majority of what my equipment and stuff that I could do, you know, I just started sorting out equipment out of my apiary and just chucking it, you know, because it was, it was mouse pissed, it was mouse eaten, it was mouse destroyed. What do you do? So uh, now I, you know, this, this spring I started, you know, in the winter time I started uh, spooling up for spring. So of course, knowing that I had some mouse damage already, I started creating new hives because um, I'm a woodworker and I, I just saw out the, the new boxes and, and set them up and, and you go and you buy <clears throat> unassembled frames and you get out your stapler and you staple those frames together and you, you know, you utilize some of the wax that you've saved from previous years to make starter strips and you get it in there and you, you look forward to the time that you can go purchase your swarm packs. Well, so I called um, the usual suppliers of swarm packs and they let me know that unfortunately, due to the COVID um, regulations and everything, they would not be importing stuff from New Zealand. Oh, okay. So knowing that, I immediately went to um, a website where they sell nukes and I scheduled a bunch of nukes to be mine <laughs> that I was going to come pick them up. And of course, you have to put down a down payment for your nukes. And uh, you never know exactly what kind of quality the nukes are going to have. So what ended up happening is this, this company uh, imports uh, nukes from Quebec, which is in Canada as well. It just comes across the borders and they're inspected by the Quebec inspectors. They come across, um, they bring them over here to Alberta, which I'm in, and uh, they put them into a field and then they do their splits there. Um, the, uh, sp the splits requeen themselves, they do a blind split, the splits requeen themselves, and uh, then they sell those as nukes which is good, it, it, you know, it's a, it's a viable business practice. However, what you're supposed to do, um, and, and this is the standard, is you're supposed to have a certain number of honey, a certain number of brood, you're supposed to mark your queen, and you're supposed to have a queen in every single box, and uh, that queen is supposed to be uh, a tested and true queen, so that means she's, you know, 
you're supposed to put that queen into a box that doesn't have any eggs and make sure that she's actually laying her own eggs before you sell that nuke as uh, a, a viable good-to-go nuke. Well, unfortunately, these people, and I'll leave their names out of it, you know, they, I ended up complaining to them and they did refund some of my money, but um, essentially half of the nukes that I got were queenless. And so what I ended up doing is I had to pull uh, brood from all the other nukes that I had and put them into the queenless nukes and then they made queens then. So my whole entire uh, rearing schedule, queen rearing schedule, was knocked off because I was trying to recover from bad nukes. And uh, <laughs> it, I did have the extra bees and stuff and, and the extra things of honey so that they didn't have to work as hard. But you know what? They screwed me. They absolutely screwed me. And so, of course, I won't be purchasing from them. But unfortunately, um, when I purchased from them, they, they gave me a date. And that date was in May. So they got it in April, and then it was supposed to go a month. They were supposed to requeen and have it ready to go in a month, month and a half. So May was when I was supposed to get it. Well, they contacted me and told me that um, they weren't able to get them done by May, end of May. So they told me June 15th. <laughs> and up here in Canada, we have three months worth of beekeeping season. Um, and the rest of it, you know, you're, you're just, you're supporting the bees yourself and you're just hoping to hell that, that you know, you make it through the dearth period of the spring into um, the time when the dandelions pop out. And so essentially, we missed uh, fruit tree season, we missed dandelion season, and we were already into the summer before I got these uh, nukes. And then requeening half of my nukes and draining the, uh, um, the products from the other nukes um, in order to keep these going, it, it essentially I ended up having to try and recover my losses and <laughs> you know I, I bought just a few nukes because here was the dealio with the nukes. Uh, the nukes were almost twice expensive as the um, as a swarm packs. <laughs> so I could only buy half the amount of nukes because they were almost twice as expensive. So and then they come to me um, half of them no queens and then I'm backed up again and then it's just it's just absolutely insane so you know I, I don't fault every single person in Canada who makes nukes and sells nukes but there's a certain standard that you have to have and uh, because you know um, I had such a huge big loss which wasn't the the nuke producers fault I had such a big loss I had to um, Um, try and recover from that so I didn't have really the income from selling any nukes myself I didn't have any of uh, the income from um, the honey because um, you know um, the honey that wasn't used you you harvested it in the spring and uh, and um, 
spin it out and, and sell that honey as, as your spring sale honey. Um, I couldn't do that because they were, it was all mouse wrecked or raccoon wrecked. <laughs> and uh, I had just a few that were humidity problems that died because of humidity. Um, and so only those ones, but those ones I ended up cracking open and uh, sorting out to the nukes so that they would have a little bit of extra uh, lead time so they didn't have to go out and, and uh, get uh, nectar from plants or, or um, drink from my, uh, my sugar water stations. So anyways, long story short, um, I was screwed from the beginning because I had such a big loss. Um, I put some more money out had another huge big loss setback and then getting close to the end of the season um, we had some really funky weather here we had a really huge big um, wet spell and during the wet spell they um, stay in the hive and they eat the honey and stuff that's in the hive and uh, they don't go out and uh, do their stuff and one of the uh, one of the nukes that I I purchased had uh, um, stone brood so essentially that's from what I understand that's a, a queen issue so I got rid of that queen um, <laughs> so you know there was there was the normal issues of beekeeping as well and I, I was losing a hive here a hive there type of thing and uh, I managed to get several of them split in a blind split I ended up having a few of them survive and, and a few of the splits not survive uh, I put those hives together needless to say at the end of the season I'm screwed again and I don't I don't expect the hives that that pulled through this season are actually going to make the winter and so what I told the my um, so what I told Alberta is uh, I have no more hives I'm getting rid of my uh, hiveware that I have because well why <laughs> the very the very little hiveware that I do have um, I made this spring so I'm just going to get rid of it um, and I'm going to be getting rid of all the mouse stuff. I'm just going to chuck it out. And so I told Alberta Beekeeping Commission or whatever they are up there in Alberta, yeah, I'm done. I'm not beekeeping next year. And take me off your list. Don't don't even contact me. So freaking pissed at them. And um, <clears throat> uh, an, another thing that, that kind of brought me to this, this uh, conundrum was... Um, I contacted my uh, people that that are bringing the swarm packs and they let me know that uh, because the lockdowns are looking like they're going to happen again in Alberta and uh, they started looking out and projecting out well um, the Prime Minister announced that he was doing the uh, CERB payments and, and whatever they're turning the CERB payments into uh, for people who can't work because of the COVID um, and unemployment, um, they're they're going to extend those those into um, they said 
July or, or June, June or July of next year, 2021. And um, they're making signals now that they're going to lock down Alberta. They've already locked down a lot of Ontario. And well, the funny thing about it is when you're a beekeeper, you don't have those exemptions to get out and, and do your business and stuff like that when there's a lockdown. Literally, you have to stop beekeeping and your bees just go and do what they're going to do. So do we expect to have nukes next spring? I don't know. Depends on how heavy the lockdowns are. Are we going to have um, swarm packs brought in uh, in the spring? More than likely, no. My suppliers are saying uh, don't count on it. And if we can get any in at all, it's going to go to the, the bigger corporations that can pay more for them. So, and uh, of course, the U.S. border is closed to us right now. Thank you, Canada. Bunch of assholes. Um, instead of saying, okay, yeah, our beekeeping industry has a, a problem. Let's open up the border, bring stuff from southern United States up, you know, swarm packs from the south, southern United States up. Instead of doing that, no. They're just going to freaking close down the border and everybody who's in Canada can just go get screwed. So I, I'm looking at this and I'm, I'm, you know, figuring out my business plan for the next year. And I, I started looking at it and started looking where can I get swarm packs from? Where can I get bees from? And plain and simply, not only is it so much up in the air, but uh, it looks like Canada and Alberta is so much against the working person and making it so that we can actually make things work. They don't want us to produce, they don't want us to do anything, and so essentially they're shutting down the economy. And why am I shelling out tons of money to go do this? And why am I being bugged by these assholes in Alberta Beekeeping Commission or whatever? You know, how many hives do you have? How much equipment do you have? Because um, they require you to uh, register any beekeeping equipment that you have to register it. Even if you don't have bees in it, they ask you to register your beekeeping equipment. And they will bug you about it, and they will, if you don't fill out their little damn paperwork, they'll come after you for it. It's just, yeah. <laughs> Um, so I'm looking at this saying, um, you know, I've kept my beekeeping operation small. Um, I don't have the ability to, um, you know, have home apiary where I, I keep 100 or 200 hives to uh, kind of cushion things out. I, I don't have that ability. And I did have several apiaries and things were spread out, but still in one apiary I had raccoon damage. In another apiary I had, that I had most of my stuff, I had mouse damage and uh, humidity damage. And in another apiary, I had a humidity damage. So, I mean, yeah. So I'm sitting here going, okay, so do I keep beekeeping? Do I throw money at after bad, good money after bad? Am I going to try and keep doing this? And what I, what I came down to is 
the political system in Canada has got to sort itself out before I'm going to go back to beekeeping. <laughs> so um, I think I might continue beekeeping uh, as soon as we can get swarm packs in. I'm, uh, I'll start up again and I'll keep it small so that my losses are small. But there is no way in hell that I'm going to go out and take out a $40,000 loan from Alberta government or from Canada government. And what they're saying is they're essentially giving us money for free to take out these loans. But when you take out a loan, if you can't pay it back, guess what's going to happen? <laughs> they're going to come repossess stuff. Um, so, um, and they're saying, yeah, we'll give you, um, we'll give you this money and we'll put your business in hawk, essentially. Um, and if you pay back uh, two-thirds of it within two years, then um, we'll give you one-third for free. So you don't have to pay back one-third of your loan for free. And I looked at that and said, well, yeah, you know, now might be the time to take a jump because they're actually paying you to take out money. But I think they know something. <laughs> I think they know something. And it's just my... My uh, spidey sense is tingling, and I just, you know, I don't know. So I've just decided that I am going to try and keep things to the bare minimum so that I can um, be flexible. Um, I think I'm going to eventually get to the point where I, um, once again, um, and buying swarm packs um, at, and I'll be purchasing some lumber and keeping lumber because you can't you can't make beehives and not register them so I'm just going to keep it as lumber and uh, have it accessible and uh, we'll see what we're going to do with it but I thought it was important for me to to come out and talk about this because I know I'm not the only one I know that we are, <laughs> we as a community are, are feeling the pinch just like everybody else is. And, and you know, everybody's got this rosy, cheery idea of what, what is happening out there. And it is so not what's happening. Um, and I, I think you guys need to take a, an assessment of your your business where you are right now um, you know the the old axiom of uh, Warren Buffett and all the other people is um, if you take risks during the downturns uh, you'll you will come out ahead you know you possibly will come out ahead uh, and make it big if you win you win big if you lose well you lose so I mean it's something to consider that because people aren't going to stop needing honey but at the same time you know so you can start charging a whole lot more for your your honey but at the same time you know you are you are taking uh, enormous risk and you are putting your your future company at risk so <laughs> yeah it's it's a it's a difficult thing and whether or not you think you can sustain it like seriously, you have to be able to be self-sustaining with this because um, the supplies and the return is just not out there.
So, and if we start having a, a supply chain breakdown like we did during the last um, lockdown, um, I had to try and get sugar for my bees and because they weren't doing, um, because they weren't doing, um, they weren't making bread, all the um, bread and the uh, um, sugar and the yeast and everything was used up by people needing to make their own bread. <laughs> and so when I went to go purchase sugar for my bees, of course, was there any to be found? Nope. <laughs> so, you know, it, it's, it's, we're, we're going to be expecting supply chain breakdown um, during this next one. And, and what they were saying, and I don't know if this is true, but what they were saying was last, last lockdown was a 50% lockdown. And what they're expecting is this next lockdown, it's going to be um, an 80 or 90% lockdown. So what they're, they're trying to lock it down even more. Um, so I really don't know what we can expect from all of this, but there it is. So what to do? <laughs> um, I think going forward for myself, um, I'm going to try and stay nimble. Uh, I want to stay with beekeeping. I think beekeeping for me is a way of life. Um, so I'm going to be doing some more with this uh, um, podcast. I'm going to be uh, following my business plan. Um, my business plan actually allowed for me to, um, in the beginning stages of my uh, beekeeping, to purchase honey from uh, my fellow beekeepers here in southern Alberta and Saskatchewan, and uh, because I'm, I'm close to Saskatchewan as well, um, purchase honey from them and then uh, repackage it and sell it. Um, and uh, unfortunately with uh, the repackaging and, and labeling and everything like that, you know, um, selling it, uh, we end up um, not making too much money off of it. Um, but I can usually pay for a new barrel of honey and a little bit. So then, you know, you have to pay for if you get any people to help you repackage it, you have to pay for them. Um, if you do any advertising, you have to pay for that. But uh, it, it essentially keeps you in the game, right? So I think I'm going to be selling my honey as repackaged honey. And uh, what I was doing was I was um, folding my honey into the purchased honey and then I would sell the both of them and then of course come ahead because I already had the labeling that I was doing I already had the containers and the stuff that I was doing and um, I just uh, was able to fold my honey into the uh, honey sales from other beekeepers um, from their uh, sales to me and I was able to to do it so what I probably will do is instead of folding in my um, my honey into their um, their product um, and then selling the both of them together uh, I think I'm going to be 
not selling my personal honey. Um, whatever I, I get out of the beehives from the spring harvest, essentially it's going to go down to my storeroom and I'm just going to keep it. <laughs> and then uh, the bottled honey will be coming from uh, other beekeepers. And that way I stay in the game. Um, I can, you know, stay up on how much honey is going for. Um, and uh, I've had a problem in that the people that have sold me honey have, um, they've been hiking up their prices as well. So, um, so that I don't take a loss, then I'm going to have to hike up my prices. But regardless, that's just the way it goes. Um, I also have to factor in the, the whole entire thing that carbon taxes are going up here in Alberta and in Canada. Um, our wonderful, uh, Pretty Socks man has decided that he needs to tax us some more, so that's going to have to be reflected in the price of honey. Um, because uh, me driving it to the stores that I sell it in, um, the price for the heating that I have to do, and the uh, electricity that I have to use in order to repackage the honey. Um, yeah, it, it, all that goes into it. So I'm going to keep doing that. I'm going to keep doing this podcast. I'm going to keep my personal learning up. I'm going to be reading a whole bunch of uh, beekeeping books, uh, beekeeping theory, and see if I can't do that. I'm going to be going on the internet. I'm going to be uh, um, seeing what kind of uh, beekeeping stuff, new innovations and things like that. I'm going to be playing with uh, um, making uh, um, when I make the, the beehives, I usually make a jig, and uh, with that jig, I'm able to reproduce beehives fairly quickly. I'm going to be playing with jigs. Um, I'm going to be playing with uh, <laughs> jigs for finger joints because I can never get those damn things. Um, but, you know, I'm going to be increasing my skill and that kind of stuff, and hopefully. Uh, I can hit the road running. Um, so that's that's generally where I'm, I'm looking at. And uh, in sharing this information, you know, a lot of a lot of beekeepers like to be kind of quiet about what they're doing. Um, you know, you you ask for forgiveness rather than permission a lot of times. And uh, some beekeepers don't ever ask for permission. They just do it and just go on. Um, hobby beekeepers a lot of times don't ask for permission um, and <laughs> and and they 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 usually can get away with it because they're selling for cash they're doing stuff but unfortunately for me I'm above board and uh, and I have to still comply with the uh, regulations of Alberta and Canada so yeah you know it's just one of those things that you have to do to try and keep your integrity as a business person going. So, but um, I'm I'm going to keep myself from getting into trouble by not making beehives. Um, I'll make my jigs and be ready for when things get going again, and we'll have to see what happens. But I've told the Alberta Beekeeping Commission, or what whatever they're called, <laughs> I don't even. I don't even pay attention to what they're called. The making you sad beekeeping people. Um, I, I've just told them 
don't bug me anymore. I've gotten rid of all my equipment. I no longer have bees because I'm pretty sure I'm going to lose most of them this winter. No longer have bees. Don't bother me. I'm not planning on buying packs next spring because they're not going to be available. And I'm not planning on buying nukes next spring because I expect the nuke prices to go through the freaking roof because there's no packages now two years in a row. So, um, uh, yeah. And uh, I think trying to go through this and, and um, just be a big bull and push your way through this is probably not going to work. Um, <laughs> there'll be more losers than there are winners. Um, very few are actually going to be winners in this one. So I'm just looking at this and going, okay, <laughs> this is the reality on the ground. This is what I need to do in order to keep myself uh, from going bankrupt. <laughs> so anyways, I, I thought I would share my experience. I thought I'd share my gripes with you. Um, sorry if I happen to have sworn several times through there. Uh, as you can tell, this is uh, something that just really ticks me off about uh, the governments that I that are in charge of the country I live in um, and uh, and the uh, non-elected making you sad people who love to do their job even though everybody's in a freaking pandemic and um, can't afford to do things the normal way can't afford to um, you know you end up getting rid of your stuff just so that you don't have to be hassled by those little jerks. And it seems now because there's less and less people actually um, that they're actually chasing down who are actually breaking the law, they're coming after people who aren't breaking the law just trying to find something to do to make justify their jobs. So <laughs> those making you sad uh, governmental types, they, they love to to show that they're doing their job by pestering people who are just run-of-the-mill type people just trying to make ends meet. So that's my opinion. <laughs> that's where we are. So I, I thought I would get this off my chest. I thought I'd be uh, uh, transparent with you guys um, and, and let you know, you know, because one of the things that people love to do on the internet is they love to uh, character assassinate, you know, oh, you don't even have bees, so why are you teaching about beekeeping? <laughs> so, and uh, I think in me sharing my experiences and sharing where I'm coming from, I'm sure a lot of other beekeepers all around the world are going to be going through similar problems. Um, if the Department of Making You Sad in Alberta for beekeeping is listening, um, open those freaking U.S. borders. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can't tell you how much I'd just love to go up and kick a few of those guys in the box because, damn. Anyway, so that's where we are. Um, we're being regulated to death. We're being uh, shut down. We're being um, not listened to, and, and that's where we are. So, that's the reason I've done what I'm doing and and but I'm gonna keep going I'm gonna try and keep a, a positive outlook on things um, I had to take two weeks there to, to kind of sit back on my heels and and take a, a good look at these things and and try and change up my business plan and try and do the things that will have the biggest return um, 
but unfortunately this is where we are in the world and uh, but I think uh, I'll, I'll be trying to uh, keep a good attitude about this and and uh, and I'll try to be <laughs> showing my uh, enthusiasm about beekeeping and not be so down um, I've really tried to keep politics out of out of the beekeeping but you know what when these guys these politicians these uh, departments of making you sad keep taking money out of your pocket and you can't afford to do things anymore yeah people get grumpy so um i wish you guys well uh if you guys if you guys would like to let me know how you guys are doing share some personal experiences you can contact me at um fat bee honey ranch at gmail.com so that's all small letters all squished together <laughs> so uh i can be reached that way um i used to be on facebook but um since facebook is doing its purging i don't expect to be on facebook anymore um i uh have looked at other areas to set up my uh my uh physical presence on the the web or, or i guess not physical my uh, web presence um and i'll be getting back with you guys about that but the main way that you can contact me is through the email anyways i hope that you guys are doing a whole lot better than i have been and i hope that you guys have been uh really enjoying learning about beekeeping um i uh really would like some feedback from you guys i really appreciate the feedback that i do get and um, if you guys have any questions above and beyond the uh, course or if you have course questions please let me know by the email that i gave you well, have a great day.